welcome up when you were listening to perhaps watching Hot Sauce Sports. First of all, the show is called Not Sauce Work on the Hot well, Sauce Sports Network. Technically, they are watching Hot Sauce Sports, they are, right? They are. And yeah. uh, one of the shows on Hot Sauce Sports is Not Sauce Work. I'm your host, Pease Delores. I'm exhausted. Eagles exhausted. We had a weekend. Um, this is either going to be awesome or terrible. So we're so tired, we're delirious. Um, I think I think that might lead to good content uh, in reality, Terry. Yeah, that, that's what I think is up. So you guys are tired from, and we were talking about this off air, but you guys are tired from something just happened to the Sound Eagle. Go on. There you good. <laughs> so you guys, you guys are tired from like working all weekend at, at Flag Plus, but I'm ta- I'm like, you sound here to my throat. This is from puking all weekend. I was uh, at a, either food poisoning or gastro. I think it was food poisoning because I only shot once, and I don't. And when I Googled it. Everything I had was more close to food poisoning, but I also babysat my nephew that had gastro, so like maybe, so maybe I got it from him. I don't know, but yeah, it takes a few days usually. Why would you okay, eat your so, nephew? Yeah, I mean he was he just gastro. You see him; he's so cute. He's delicious. Uh, spoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was just hurling all weekend. That's why. So I lost my voice, and I had football yesterday too. Hey, it's just I'm just a mess. I've been a mess the last like three weeks, and it's because I'm just burning a candle at both ends fight yeah understandable i don't know terry i was under, always under the impression you've been a mess for the your entire life so three weeks seems like a very short duration <laughs> it's the it's the mess it's so that you have to create a mess on a um on a on a bell curve right and yeah. so like like, like terry's like, normal mess can we call up terry's messes put on like a richter scale yeah so like terry's mess would be like what like this weekend is more like a 4.3 but on average you're kind of hovering around like a 3.6 when you have those like catastrophic events it's like a 7.2 type of yeah. Uh, disaster yeah so it's, it's I like think i'm offering like an 8.9 this last couple <laughs> weeks it's the equivalent of like if eagle didn't do all of my paperwork or rather what my paperwork looked like before Eagle all, did all, all of it. your work period yeah all of my work period um i i wanted to bring this up just because um once in a while you kind of notice a story early and then before you know it um it's it's all over the place and uh there's a documentary and you see the thing that people say well like how come the news isn't talking about this and meanwhile i've been reading the story for for two years uh r kelly was the one of these for me um because because a lot of what happened in the the later parts of his um can we call it a predatory degree in sexual deviance? Sure, uh, it sounds pretty accurate to me. Yeah. Um, so in that later predatory career, he was set up in Georgia where I spent a lot of time, as you guys know, as well as the audience has been with us. Um, he set up a sex cult in uh, Georgia. Is one of the I sites. didn't know this. Oh, it's wild. It, it's, it's wild. They covered a lot, actually, in, in the, the documentary, for those who haven't seen it. Um, so he's been found guilty on all charges, and some of the charges actually go back to his uh, his marriage to Aaliyah. And what's interesting is that that would have passed the uh, the um, what's it Wait, called? Wait, R. Kelly was married to Aaliyah when she was fifteen. Apparently, they began a sexual uh, relationship when she was thirteen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's I'm a bit shocked. I had no yeah. idea. So they yeah. were able to pursue it because normally the uh, the statute of limitations would have expired. But so one of the things R. Kelly did was bring women across state lines to uh, 
do things that are considered to be like immoral and, and illegal and so on. And that's falls under what's called the Man Act in the US United States. Um, and the next thing was that he used women to recruit other women, thus making it organized crime. So they used uh, like a RICO case to go after him for all the charges uh, as for racketeering and organized influence, crime. Influence, racketeering yeah. influence of the corrupt, of corrupt organizations. Absolutely. I, I took a crime and punishment class in university. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. Well, there you go. There you, you finally got to use <laughs> it for once. Yeah. Was it in university or was it in jail when you're trying to get yourself not convicted? The, uh, <laughs> I have no filter. I'm tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go take a nap. Said, real couple of days. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, so I w- it was one of these things where the the internet explored all at once. Like, how come no one's talking about? It? I was like, there's already been several books and several articles. He's done this over four decades of his life. Of uh, you know, going back to the '90s, essentially, uh, and and. People swept under the rug, and I want to. I want to just have this conversation quickly before we get onto the news. Um, I'm. I find it hard, and and I think part of it is when you discover things about a person and whether or not they can profit, they can still profit, and and whether or not um, what the art form is kind of has an influence for me. But for example, like I'm never going to go onto Spotify and search R. Kelly, right? Like I'm just not going to do it. I'm not, I'm not no. interested. In, it doesn't like I, I don't care. Like he's obviously not going to profit off the music anymore because he's in prison, and I don't think he's getting out. The sentencing hasn't happened yet. Uh, but well, didn't they sentence him to uh, to life? They haven't, they haven't sentenced him yet. They they will, and it's going to be a massive, massive penalty. I read life. It's up to life because he. Oh, up to life. Okay, is, so it's not an official sentencing yeah. yet. Okay. But there's so many crimes that I even if it's not life, he's never getting out. Essentially. See, I've never been like. Uh, like I'm gonna look and I'm gonna Google R. Kelly's music, but like I like like Mr. Biggs, like that was a good so- like mm. that like oh, that had, song. He had, great, he had absolute bangers, right? Yeah. But just I don't know. There's other Ignition? good songs. Ignition was great. Yeah. What's I the box? Really, I'm really big on Trapped in the Closet chapters one to five. <laughs> yeah, that was Mr. Biggs. That was the one I was talking about. But yeah, when you, when you realize great. he was actually trapping women in the closet. Then for years. It's not. You know what's weird, and this is what celebrities do, and I guess they think that we're stupid, and Chris D'Elia was one of them, is that they play the role Yeah, that they hide in plain sight, right? They hide in plain sight. Like Chris well, D'Elia, Woody, Woody Allen would make movies where he was dating or marrying underage women to try and normalize it. And like I was just gonna say, so like I'm 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 a huge Kevin Smith fan. I will still watch Small Rats, even though you know, Harvey Weinstein was the producer behind those movies. But, I, you know, I, can I watch Bill Cosby again? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> it's creepy. Um, I don't care. I don't care if Bill Cosby got acquitted of. I mean, he did get acquitted of all his charges. Well, but no, he, he didn't get acquitted. The, the charges were thrown out. Were thrown te- out. Okay. Technicality using a precedent that's never been used in Pennsylvania. And before. you said you did a law course. <laughs> I'm doing a real estate law course. I didn't do a law course. I did a I did a I did a uh, crime and punishment course. It was very different. He just read. He, he read the notes on the book Crime and Punishment. I remember. Time. I used. To, I used. To, fuck. Who did I take that class with? But it was a good class. I you like watched an, I think I got like an a Special Victims Unit. Yo, it's oh, a banger of a song. Speaking of bangers of a song, maybe the greatest theme song of all time. It's instantly doom, doom, doom. iconic. Actually, that's a that's a good conversation. I had this conversation with a friend of mine because it was. Uh, I think Barstool put it up. It was like best theme songs out of all these shows. Dexter wasn't on there. Like, what's the best theme song for you out of all? Goof like, troop. Uh, I never. 
I don't remember Goku. Oh, okay. But let's talk live action. Oh, uh, Darkwing Duck also. If you can do that one's also really good. Yeah. Yeah. Darkwing Duck's the greatest. But it's not. It's not live action. Um, you're right. That's not live action. Full House. <laughs> well, so there was one band. Full House did, is good. There was one band that did the music for like Full House, Step by Step, Family Matters. They got like a contract yeah. with with the uh, Miller Boyette, and they too did many all the shows. Step what? by Step. Too many what was cooks, too many cooks. I'll send you the video after. It's ten. What minutes was long. Step by Step's uh, song? I'm trying. It's in I the back. I love Step by Step. Whatever happened to something? No, that's something else. that's Full House. Maybe. <laughs> Whatever happened to to uh, not reasonability? Predictability. Predictability. Newsman to something, <laughs> something TV. TV. <laughs> We're on the same. Page. You just pick out words that you remember. Here. How are we not saying Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Oh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, yeah. Wonder Years. Wonder Years. Wonder Years. Of course, that's but a then, Beatles song. Then, then if you talk it's about cheating. like dramas, like Sopranos is good. Got yourself a gun. Mm-hmm. Dexter because of like the whole scene. Uh, I have, game. That, I have the, 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 the Sopranos song on a playlist. That band did nothing else that was good. Nothing. But, but that song is incredible. But I was going to say, like, I think song. those don't count. If you have a band who already did a song and then, then becomes the theme song to a show, I don't think those count. Because it's be written for it? has to be written for the show, yeah. Okay, but, so... Like, uh, uh, like, like, Iris, like Iris and Nicolas Cage's... Um, what's that movie? Google it's Dolls. with Angels. Google yeah, Dolls wrote yeah. that song for a movie. City, it's the City of Angels. City of it's Angels, the, that's the one. So the thing is, City of Angels, Google Dolls wrote the whole soundtrack and it became their album. Yeah, but see, that's that's fine, though. It was written in the purpose of the movie. Like, same I'm yeah. thinking of like... Same movie birthed the song Uninvited by Lance Morissette, also written for that movie. True. There you go. Like, I'm thinking like a, a show like... Uh, remember Chuck? It had um, a straight skirt, long jacket. Written, oh, yeah. jacket written by, by Cake essentially. I'm like, that doesn't count. It's a great theme song for a show, but it doesn't count. Even the Power. Count? Sorry? Does the office count? Because that's, that's a. The office counts. There's yeah. no like words yeah, or anything, Kirby, but like. Kirby it's enthusiasm. A... Simpsons. I mean, a lot of them. Uh, the uh, Power has a good one. Power is uh, 50 Cent. He's 50 Cent is the executive producer of the show, and yeah. he wrote a song for the intro, and it's, really, it's a good one. It's not like a good song, but it's good for the show. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's. Like it's not gonna be like a like a top ten, but it's like you listen to it and you're like, okay, I'm gonna watch a good episode. You know? Yeah. Last one, peas. I think you'll recognize it. It's the news. Wow. Perhaps the greatest theme song ever written. Ah, Terry, it's the news. You ever? You guys, it, it should have been was- Eagle. What we do is actually like kind of what the office does, but like with less talented people, because we do like a cold open, yeah. And then the theme starts, and then the show starts. So Have just, you? This is if, if like the office was just people that aren't talented. That's what they yeah, would do. Yeah, exactly. The show. That's basically us. We're the office without talent. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Have you? Have you? Did you watch the show Wet Hot American Summer? I have. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh the, my god! The show and movie. And the there's movie a movie. First. So the so the show is a prequel to the movie which came out thirty years ago. But they're all like like eighteen, nineteen years old, because uh, they're all they're all like all these like improv kids who are on the, the verge of breaking. They all, of course, have these amazing careers. But so they go back, and and so the the show is actually a prequel to the movie. Okay. But even though it's a prequel, like the, the one of the guys is supposed to be like super hot, and like now he's like a giant fat dude. You know, but like they still treat him like like he's like this hot young guy. <laughs> It's genius. It's it's one of the funniest things ever. Okay, because I'm watching Ten Years Later on Netflix. Is that the movie? No, it's called Wet Hot American Summer. It's the same name. No, Wet Hot American Summer. Ten Years Later. It's not the same one. I have to look up. I know that one's a prequel, but it's there's two of them. There's Wet Hot American Summer, 
Yeah. Summer camp, camp firewood, whatever yeah. it's called. And then there's so that, I fin- that first I one that. is a prequel to the movie that came out in the nineties. And then they have the the did the, the ten years after also. Oh, okay, okay. So I didn't see. I, I, could I, didn't, I didn't see. No, no. Yeah, because Genius. this one's more recent. Genius, yeah, so I didn't see the nineties. It's unbelievable. It's John um, Benjamin. You can make me laugh as a can any day. <laughs> yeah, his voice. He plays on something else. I'm trying to figure out what it is. I'm Archer. pretty sure it's Oops. He's he's the voice of Archer. He's the voice of uh, Bob's Burgers. Oh, it's Bob's Burgers. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Now, oh, wow, you just fucking shot on my universe. So anyway, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, I want to talk about sports has a lot to do with accountability. And one of the things I've been thinking about a lot, we, we had this whole conversation with Naomi Osaka and, and the post-game press conference. And I'm, I'm, I'm sort of 50-50. I think the press conference is out, out of date, which was my main takeaway that time. But there is part of it where I can understand the athletes want to take control of their careers. And maybe there's just sort of a middle ground. But part of the job, part of what you sign up for the job is, is, is the press conference. And I start to think about why that is. And what it is, is that we're actually demanding accountability from athletes in a way that we expect from politicians who have press conferences, right? But like, you don't ask a teacher at the end of their day to go up and talk to their parents about, well, it was a tough day in class today. Uh, little Susie didn't hand her in her art on time and threw off the, the whole like flow of the class. So it's one of these things. But the athlete, you know, of course, we always hold the athlete up. And Can I counterexample you? Go ahead. If every... Uh, class of uh, classmates fails an exam the parents are going to demand accountability and start asking those questions yeah. right and and so and the thing is it's still even within that it's two-tiered in that the players largely go up and say nothing but but people pay a lot of attention but I, I feel like a lot of times the coaches they're the ones who actually should be held accountable right because they get credit for all the success um but when i see what matt nagy did with justin fields and has handled how he's handled the entire Justin Fields thing off the bat. Like when you when your organization makes that kind of investment, that's and to see that this is done. And Eagles gonna put up the stats right here. These were the drives. We know that they gained they gained twenty less yards than Justin Tucker's kick uh, this weekend. We know that um, he gained one yard, one passing yard because of the sack yard. He had sixty nine passing yards and sixty eight sacked yards. Yeah, so he ended with one yard. One yard n- neutral. Yeah, one yard net. And you see here, like other than the field goal, it's punt, 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 halftime, punt, punt, and a whole cool. bunch of negative yards. So Dan Orlovsky went on like this crazy rant. I don't know if you saw it. I haven't seen it. So Dan Orlovsky, he's uh, as bad as a quarterback. He is. He's actually a super smart guy. Pride, the Pride University of Connecticut, soon to be taken over by Jackson Jodis, whatever. Um, so he, he, he came out and he's like, and he's saying exactly what you said, is that Nagy needs to be held accountable completely for this loss and for Justin Fields' development in this game, because he, as soon as he drafted him, he's like, he should have had a game plan built in for Justin Fields. I don't know that. I don't know. I don't know football terminology. I played football my whole life. I don't know like pass protections and all that shit. But like, because oh, offensive it, line play is a mystery, by the way. That, that's you need a, a, a doctorate degree to truly understand offensive line play. I read, I read a, I read a stat saying that he only, he only had at ninety five percent of his of his dropbacks, he only had five man protection for a rookie quarterback against the fucking Cleveland Browns that have Miles Garrett on the team. Like, you got to figure this shit out. Like, you throw a couple guys back there to help him out. Get two tight ends every single fucking play. Help have, the king out of it. I have two theories about Matt Nagy. One is. That the draft pick was forced on him, and he legitimately doesn't want to play Justin Fields. And the second theory is, when the double, uh, the field goal that hit both like 
pulls. Yeah. The double doink when that happened. Uh, the bar- Cody his- Parkey. Cody Parkey. Cody Parkey broke his brain. He's just not the same person. Hasn't recovered. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just don't understand how this guy who's touted as an offensive genius goes into that game, is almost, like you said, minimal pr- pr- protection the entire game, doesn't run any uh, run pass options, doesn't run any any running option plays. You have this running back that you invested a high ra- a draft pick in a couple years ago, Montgomery, who's supposed to be this great pass catcher you never throw to. Um, you have a running quarterback that you don't build a running package in for. You draft a quarterback who gets, uh, apparently there were weeks he was getting zero reps. Why is he on the roster? Why did you pick him? Why did you take him? We spoke about this last week, and it doesn't make sense. Listen, if you're if you're if there, if you feel a guy is not ready, and you're in the Niners situation where you have a guy that can actually get you there right now, like and, and Trey Lance is, you know, let's take advantage of the fact that we've drafted him. We can groom him for a year, two years, whatever it is. Jordan Love, kind of the same situation. But like when you have a guy and you're Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton is your starting quarterback. You, there, there needs to be like any, his development needs to be put on fast forward. So as soon as he's drafted, regardless if it was your choice or not, if I, I, I manage people for a living, if I if I get somebody on my team and I don't know the person, I there wouldn't be my first choice. I'm still gonna manage them and coach them the same way I would everybody else, and coach their certain skill sets to a certain to a certain extent to to a different degree. You don't get to choose everybody the, the entire team. You're you're the coach. You're not and, the general and, manager. And look at what Harbaugh did, going from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson. There can't be two different quarterbacks, two more different quarterbacks than those two human beings, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, and um, then so that was one one instance. The other instance that I thought of this this weekend was what was the Falcons' plan? Like, so the Falcons. They, the Falcons are just bad. They're just the worst team but, in the NFL, I think. So, but Arthur Smith comes in, right? And he's, he's the, you know, he designed the running game for the Tennessee Titans and 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 you know uh, Derrick Henry and all that. Cool. He's the one who took the bat, the ball out of Deion Lewis's hands and started giving it to the guy who's shaped like a garage door. Got it. Cool. <laughs> uh, so your plan is to bring this running attack to Atlanta. With Mike Davis, who's a career backup, very good career backup, but a career backup. One of the best. An aging Matt Ryan who desperately needs help around him. And Corderell Patterson is your is your your, your um, goal line back. He's a receiver. He's still wearing 84. It's ugly to look at. He's 10 years into his career, and you would think he's going to reinvent himself. Like he's a, he's a very good athlete. He's fine. Crazy athlete. But neither of these guys are going to give you what you had with Derrick Henry, right? And so instead you're putting it all on Matt Ryan, which was the problem for the first all of the years of Matt Matt Ryan's career, right? The Falcons are like the – I can't describe – I can't give you another example of of a bigger fall-off than what the Falcons did after they lost the Super Bowl against the Patriots like three, four years ago. How about the Steelers after going (laughs) 11-0 last year? But that's regular – Ben tripped on a yard marker. No, he but the next on a year, yard marker on the floor. <laughs> the next year, <laughs> you just kind of, you just, just kind of like <laughs> Terry. There's no elevation difference. It's just painted. He just and like he fell. He fell over. Stib on Stib and Zhang. The episode's coming out tomorrow. Uh, sorry, it's out right now. Uh, he talked. He's like, it looked like he was a tree. He just kind of like stiffened up. Well, remember, I told you, I told you last week. He looks like he's where it, it, it's. He's he's taking care of the kids' play, and he's trying to participate. So he's dressed in like a tree costume and he's chasing after the kids trying to round them up and falling on his face 
it's, it's classic. It's, he looks like a PBS production at this point. Okay, so uh, let's talk about. I know this is off topic, but let's talk about Mike Tomlin. And so yeah. yeah, back to my point. First, first is back to my point. So the Falcons were like a huge fall off. They're different because the next year after they lost the Super Bowl, everybody's like Falcons are going to win the Super Bowl next year. They're a good team if they keep the, most of the same guys. Whatever, all that shit. Everybody says the same thing every year. Right? I know because my ticket prices went up drastically. Oh, there you go. One year to the next in Atlanta. <laughs> There you go. Um, but Mike Tomlin, I, as much as I like Mike Tomlin, I think that there's a lot of accountability on that side too. It's like you can draft as many defensive players in the first round as you want, and then they drafted Najee Harris this year, who's who's been playing really well. Yeah, Great player, unbelievable talent. But, you know, you see Ben Roethlisberger can't like – he can't. He can't even touch his toes anymore. Like he's not flexible. He has no mobility. Yeah. Like he's he's not the Ben that did all those things for you all those years ago. And I think we need to realize that as as good as he can still be, he'll probably still have a game of like 370 yards, four touchdowns, maybe. It's a gonna pick. take him 49 passes game. to get to 370 yards. But there. that's what I'm saying. And they didn't throw any passes over like 15 yards and then they they had one they had one successful play it was like a screen it, it like the, the team is just does not look like the Steelers they do Terry, not the look guy, the guy like spends the 276 days a year in a walking boot you throw you think he can throw past 15 yards He's it makes no legs. sense he's done it makes no sense they should have drafted a quarterback this year well that's it there's no contingency plan I and I actually to your point about Mike Tomlin uh Chris Sims who um you know is becoming more and more uh sort of famous for his for his football takes and people sort of consider him to be one of these guys who really understands the game. He was saying that Tomlin is a good coach in a very specific circumstance. He's like he's a good leader of men. People mm-hmm. follow him. People genuinely love him. People genuinely like him. He seems to be a good human being and people like working for people like that. But he's not Kyle Shanahan who designs a running game where Eagle can get 200 yards in 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 in, a, in, a, in an NFL game. You know like He's Kyle not. Shanahan can also suck my balls, man. That guy screwed me over in week one. <laughs> Keeping Trey Sermon yeah. on the fucking uh, under radar. And I'm like, okay, like he's going to play, right? He wasn't and best in week one, dude. <laughs> I know, but he didn't, nobody knew until like 30 minutes before the game. Yeah. And I wasn't paying attention to my lineup at that time. I set my lineup like at 11 o'clock. And then after that, whatever happens, happens. Right? I think I tweeted the trade Sermon was out, by the way. <laughs> okay, but I, I probably didn't see it. If I had seen it, I would have taken him out. So I'm like, this guy just fucked me over. Like, I'm looking at reports and reports. I'm like, what the hell? So yeah, Kyle Shanahan can suck off. can Fair. fuck right off. But other than that, he decides a good game plan, and that's not what Mike Tomlin is. He's just no. – he's a guy who, um, if you have good pieces, he can win games because he's going to maximize uh, what he has on the field. Um so 13 years ago today, Duke and I went to uh, our graphite. Duke went to uh, a football game. Went to see the uh, the the then Oakland Raiders take on the then San Diego Chargers. Ladainian. I still call them the San Diego Chargers. I'm, you're right. I had to think about it just because it was two thens. If it yeah. was already the Las Vegas Raiders, I would have said the Las Vegas Raiders against the San Diego Chargers. I still say Oakland. Like my, yeah. I still say, oh, my brother's my brother's an Oakland fan. That's what I say. Both yeah. our brothers are Oakland fans. Yeah, they're Look not smart. That. They're not smart people. Nah, um, but so we were there when Sebastian Janikowski was went out there to kick a 75-yard field goal. Oh, you were there? Yeah, we were there. Duke was so mad. So mad. <laughs> you have no idea how angry he was. Um, oh, man. If only Lane you guys Killer, had a GoPro. Lane Kiffin was subsequently fired by Al Davis, and this is what that looked like. That's right. Only 13 years ago, he was still in front of a tele- uh, still in front of a projector, listing the reasons why he was fired. 
Spoiler alert, nobody could read it because it's a projector in a giant room full of people. The technology had already moved beyond that point, Al Davis. So he, he, he did like a press conference and he had the projector behind him? Yeah. Look at what he's wearing. He looks like he's, he's like the guy who can't let, it, let go of his youth and he's wearing his high school letterman jacket. Like, I'd on. rather I'd rather look like like we talk about Al Davis how crazy he was in his later years, but I think his son is a little crazier. No, I think so because at least Al Davis was who, a pioneer at one point. Yeah, right? like who would voluntarily have that haircut? It makes no sense. Then. I don't think it's voluntary. I think it's there's not a lot that can be done. He's he's hanging on to the last few strands and growing them as long as possible. If your hair is like that. It's voluntary. You, your hair, the way it is right now, is voluntary. I voluntarily put this hat on. He voluntarily wakes up every morning and he does that to his hair. That's Fair. voluntary. Fair. He um, made. He makes this decision every morning. How can you trust him as a person, as a decision maker? This is the decision he's woken up to every morning. Well, there was another decision this week, and it led to the longest touchdown in NFL history. In the same week that the Janikowski uh, kicked that field goal. We get to see two kicks. Let's watch this first one here. It's uh, Arizona lining up against Jacksonville. Got it up. And short. Agnew. Brings it out of the end zone. Agnew. Still running. So, what I've noticed, how we spoke about this, I think last week. Mm-hmm. How is it always Gus Johnson? I know he always gets the good calls. Well, he, there was one. You'll see the ex, the next kick later, and you're gonna realize, man, I wish this was Gus Johnson instead. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like Castellanos and hitting home runs, right? Like it's, exactly. Yeah. It's just always right place, right time, wrong place. So wrong time. I actually didn't hate the decision to go for a kick here. If you have a guy that has a boot and they okay, do, but apparently, I don't apparently, hate the decision. You're like the guy who bets on a on a game and doesn't check the weather report and and bets the over when there's like 38 feet of snow. Like the winds were yeah. insane in this game. Apparently, like they're they having trouble making kicks in practice. And so, I when I heard about the decision, it's so bad. Eagle told me, he's like, oh, in the Jacksonville game, there's a 109-yard kickoff, a kick return on, on a missed field goal. And I instantly assumed it was Urban Meyer. That's how bad the decision was. I just assumed <laughs> it was Urban Meyer. It's true, he did. And I, I was like, oh, Urban Meyer's like, no, no, no. He's like, they actually played it properly. <laughs> so, to, so to Survivor, I was really hoping – I was watching this game really tightly because I wanted Jacksonville to lose. I had taken Cleveland. I had bet this week against Matt Nagy. That's basically what I decided to do. I was like – Matt Nagy I started, was the I the Cleveland no defense way, no way. in every fantasy league, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and there's one that the gets like a bonus for sacks and interceptions. And I, got, I had like That's 29 points for my defense. So I was rooting for Jacksonville hard here. And they all, they could have done it, man. But, you know, Urban Meyer is going to Meyer. That's basically what it is. I didn't watch the game. Because, again, Eagle and I, we had uh, play-by-play uh, stuff going on that weekend. So uh, all I saw was the highlights. Uh, I did watch a couple of games in entirety later on when I couldn't sleep. But uh, yeah, it was uh, that. that so Jacksonville's never going to be the option when it's rewatching games at three o'clock in the morning. Definitely um, not. The the other one, of course. The, here's the call on Justin Kicker's. Uh, just Justin Kicker. His name should be Justin Kicker. Justin yeah, Kicker's uh, record-setting 66-yard field goal. Eighth best kicker of all time. Kick is on its way, and it looks good. That's not the one. That's not the one, Eagle. 
That's the one from the playoffs. Come on, Eagle. No, no. Come on. I was like, why is it so cold in September? That is so close. Is the first thing I said. This is the clip. Why is it so cold? Why is it so cold inside? All right. So for the listening audience, what we totally saw was the ball kicked from 16 yards away. It grazes the front pole and bounces in. Uh, And a thing that never happens. That always, always, always bounces out. Um, it didn't even graze. It like literally, like as it fell, it just went bah, yeah, and and just popped back up. It was crazy, crazy kick. That but guy, so the, he's he's special. He's special. The call, um, Eagle. Can you find a clip, please? It'd be super appreciated. It's against Detroit, Eagle. Yeah, the, it was an indoor, so there's there shouldn't be any cold air coming out of people's mouths. But See, I was gonna say, why did you give me this? This clip is actually from this th- week, which is the weird thing. I, I think I think I I was trying to get a better Twitter link, and I was like. Like if we're going down the rabbit hole, like click, 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 click. Okay, that's yeah. the one, and then I pasted yeah. it. Um, um, but it, honestly, it was pretty intense. That game. I mean, listen. I think Detroit is the best zero three team in the league right now. They're really, they're actually a good team. And yeah. I, I think that on its way, it bounces off the crossbar, and it's oh, good. Oh, oh my god! You think- oh my goodness! I love this shit, man. You think you think that Dan Campbell, like, when he went home, he told his wife, he's like, we need guys like Justin Tucker on our team, so he's going to trade a first-round pick for Justin Tucker? He might. He might. He might absolutely. If you're the Ravens, do you do it? If Dan Campbell calls, it's like, listen, I'll give you my first-rounder for Justin Tucker. First-rounder, yeah. I think I Dan Campbell has the potential of being the Mike Millen. Is it Mike Millen? Matt Millen. Matt, Matt Millen, Matt Millen, and or Mike Mill. I was thinking Mike Mill, Mike Millbury, mm-hmm. of our of our generation. I Matt think Matt Millen was hired by the same organization. Yeah, he's the one who drafted three wide receivers in the first round and back to back to back years. Were they? Um, it was Roy Williams, Calvin Johnson, and um, the other Mike Williams. No, it wasn't Matt Mike Williams. Williams. No, no. Uh, I know this fuck. Eagle, produce something. No, <laughs> he's, he's on Pokemon. Shit, Eagle Man. What do you, What do I pay you for? <laughs> you don't pay me. What do you want I to know. find? <laughs> the, the, the three uh, wide receivers the uh, Lions drafted back to back to back under Matt Millen. In so, like the early two thousands. Dan Campbell, though, it's a lot like we were talking about with Tomlin. Like he's this guy who players seem to like him. He he's a fun guy, but at some point the losses will start getting worse because he's not a good coach. He's coached the Dolphins. I've been there. I've seen it. I know what it is. First time. Um, he reminds me of like Gabe Campbell. First round, second round, third round? No, no. It's no, back, no. To back to back years in, in the first yeah. in the first round, a high draft pick. They had uh, Charles Rogers Charles in Rogers. 2003 at second. Then they had Roy guy. Williams at seventh in 2004. And then they had Mike Williams Mike in Mike five, Williams. five and tenth. Okay, so Calvin Johnson was probably later then. Yeah. Okay. Calvin yeah, Johnson was 2007 and he was second. So they had okay. Ernie Sims in between that as linebacker at ninth. Oh, uh, otherwise okay. it would have been four in a row. They went three receivers, linebacker, receiver. Well, otherwise it would have been five That's in great. a row. Uh, no, Rogers, Williams, because those are technically the same. No, the different years rather. Then there was uh, Mike Williams, and then there would have been Calvin Johnson. So yeah. as I'm saying, it would have been five because the year that no. Sims went, if they dropped a oh, the receiver yeah. there, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Been five yeah, yeah you're years. right. It would have been five. Yeah, yeah. that yeah, would have yeah. been awesome. Um, just keep <laughs> drafting till you get it right. Um. But yeah, so so you know, in that in that game there, he kicks it, um, and the the call the call was the opposite, where where the dude was just like, 
Silence for four seconds. I have no words. Yeah, I know. We heard you say nothing for four <laughs> seconds. It was four seconds. Eagle. I've done, I just did play by play with Eagle. When you don't talk for four seconds, shit's getting thrown at you. Oh yeah, the production booth. Dead air, man. I remember I was, when, I, when I was working at you a radio station. Know, you don't know what it sounds like when you don't say anything for four seconds. Speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> all the time. I was working at a radio station. Dead air is the worst thing for broadcasting, right? It's like uh, it's like rule number one. When I was working at a radio station, I had forgotten. I used to do the overnight playlist, and I had forgotten to like start the music, like start mm-hmm. the playlist. So all night there was nothing that happened. Oh, and I, yeah, the next day when I got in, luckily the radio station was a shit show. Um, <laughs> she gave me the owner of this radio station gave me so much shit, but like you know, mm-hmm. fuck them. Um, <laughs> So the the Manning cast continues to to grow somewhat in popularity, although although it's getting, while the numbers are saying it's popular, uh, the social media, which is I would say a, an improper indicator of these things, seems to be divided on whether or not the Manning cast is enjoyable. I enjoyed this particular clip where uh, Peyton Manning was talking about Joe Buck. All games. You see, I don't like that. I don't like having a co-host that knows as much as I do about coverage. I need a co-host that knows nothing about defensive coverage, like Joe Buck, right? I mean, Troy doesn't make mistakes very often, but when he does, Joe doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to coverage. So, oh, no, 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 no. What's now? Fletcher Cox. We can't hold the ball backed up in the end zone, eh? We can't hold it. All game. See, you see, I don't like that. I don't like how <laughs> So good. Um, Joe Buck's one of these guys who has a great sense of humor. If you've ever right. seen the show Brock Meyer, he's a great character playing himself on the show. Uh, I know, so I never I'm seen sure it. these guys have a, a friendly, a friendly relationship, and it was it was a funny joke. I enjoyed it. That's two shows that I haven't been able, two shows that I, I want to see, but I haven't had a chance. It's Brock Meyer and uh, Ted Lasso. I still haven't have a chance both to watch brilliant. those shows. Both brilliant. Yeah, I hear good um, things. The uh, as Terry's voice is slowly dying in my headset. So at one point, Terry, if I don't <laughs> respond to you, technology's failing us again. Just um, blame Pokemon. I think I saw this, and people are like freaking out about you know. Oh, they're annoying, this and that. I don't love the layout because I don't feel like I need to see them react to the game. But I kind of like the laid-back nature. Like, I'm watching the game. I don't need for someone to tell me it's second and seven when the screen tells me it's second and seven. I don't need to see, say, uh, Ezekiel Elliott running to the right when I see it. If there's guys who understand the game and can give some insight while also having a good time and having fun because... Sports is supposed to be fun. <laughs> I yeah. know that seems like a crazy concept. But, but what are you talking about? I think it's brilliant. I think I think to me this should be the future of, of what we come to expect no, from broadcasting. Sports aren't supposed to be fun, Ego. Uh, Peace. Sports aren't supposed to be fun. Sports are supposed to be you want to throw shit at your TV because you lost five dollars on a stupid bet on hot hot streak fantasy. But Something that's like that. part of the fun. And, and how if I if I were to cost you money on hot streak fantasy, um. How would I have done that? You know, how how do people access this app even? Well, even if you did cost me money on Hot Streak Fantasy, the thing in Hot Streak Fantasy, what they're doing is if you use Hot Sauce promo code, they're going to give you that money back. So what I mean by that is if you deposit 20 bucks, they're going to give you $20 as a bonus. So that $20, you can just go bet it, and then you'll just get it right back. Like that's pretty much what it is. And uh, go ahead and do that. Use Hot Sauce promo code. It's the best fantasy app in the market. Uh, right now, with, with with in the NFL, it's it's crazy, man. I'm just, especially the one o'clock games. I'm just like, tuff, tuff, 
I'm just firing off bets. I'm winning like twenty, thirty, forty dollars at a time, just picking, just picking it up. But I'm also losing eighty, ninety, seventy dollars at a time too. So, you know, I'm just trying to try to stay above level here. But you know what? You get some free money too when you go when you when you deposit and, definitely. and use the promo code Hot Sauce, right? So definitely, definitely, I enjoy it for the single games. It makes uh, the, you know, the next because you're betting on like the next pass and the next running play by so and so. Um, I like it for the single games because you kind of really catch the vibe of how the game is going. Um, still, for the baseball season, it's a lot of fun as well, so do check that out. Um, so Eli did have one response with regards to the criticisms about the Manning cast, and here it is. That's right. Two middle fingers in the broadcast. <laughs> and I don't think you can see it, but my understanding was he was wearing both of his Super Bowl rings the joke. on the fingers while he did this. That was the joke. But you can't like you can't see it in this, unfortunately. But yes, yeah. that is the joke. I think that Why? was doctored. Oh, okay. So I was gonna say. Because at one point he said something, but he does this with his hands up like this. I'm like, was that the time? And they cut it out. Like in post or I don't know what the hell no, because they, I, I, I didn't see the time where he did this. I saw I, I, I had the video, but I just like that eagle. Every once in a while, feel free to just drop in that picture. Like whenever yeah. we're pissing you off, whenever uh, we get pissed off at someone. So for kinda example, R. Like Kelly, double middle fingers from Eli Manning. It kind of looks like eagle. Kind of looks like who? No, it eagle. doesn't. Yeah, you kind of looks, looks like nothing you. like me. Well, it depends. Uh, the hair. Can Mark Wahlberg play Eli Manning? Yeah, no. definitely. No. Then in that case, you guys look the same. So how do you mother? There's no way Mark Wahlberg's chest is the same as Eli Manning's chest. There's no uh, way. Also, Eli Manning is tall, and fucking Mark Wahlberg needs apple boxes everywhere. Mark Wahlberg also played a jack crackhead. Like, that doesn't, you know what I mean? Yeah, Eli Manning can play a jack crackhead. He can play a crackhead, though. that for Daniel Jones. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe that's his future in New York. On, on, the Broadway, cast, a, a, on the Manning cast at one point, on the Manning cast at one point, it was it was too funny. It was uh, uh, Manning was doing the Dak Prescott like the the hip thrusts, whatever you want to call them, and then Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning goes, he's like, I don't think your 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 boy's medium jeans are meant to be doing those things. Peyton's great, man. I love it. It's it's yeah. great with Peyton. Honestly, and even Eli's got a great personality that we didn't see for years and years and years. Oh yeah. He's a yeah. funny guy. They're, they're, they're yeah. entertaining guys. Yeah, um, sure. Speaking of how the media is not always as interesting, um, David Letterman was asked to interview the uh, the members of the the uh, the, the New York Mets. Uh, sorry, not the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets. Nets. Yeah. I was about to say New Jersey and then New York and then anyway. <laughs> I got I got eventually like from from east to west. I got there. Um, uh, sorry, from west to east, but. So he was he was asked to talk to, uh, to to the members of the team, and here's a, cl- a clip, the hard hitting question that he asked KD in that interview. From uh, Basketball Digest, Kevin, uh, uh, KD, why why do people call you KD? Um, Can I call you KD? Or? Yeah. Okay. My, my first name is Kevin. Uh huh. Right. And my second name, my last name, my second name, my last name is Durant with a D. KD, uh, this year, how, what percentage do you plan on giving on the court? 90, 95, 100, 110? What are we looking at? Uh, 110. 110. Dave uh, from uh, basketball. Hard-hitting so, questions from David Letterman. <laughs> but basketball digest doesn't exist, does it? 
I don't. I don't. Know. I think this was like a, a little like joke they were running or whatever. But I don't know yeah. if the no, players I were saw, in on it or if they saw. Him I saw asking. twelve minutes. It maybe it was like a tribute to Norm Macdonald and the cringiness. Ah, uh, maybe. But it was it was hard. I, I I watched the KD interview and I was like, oh my god! Like I could have literally pulled any sixty seconds from that interview and it's cringe fest. Also, uh, why does KD look like he weighs one hundred and four pounds? <laughs> it's just because he's he's unnatural. He's actually said that he would cry at night as a as a kid, like in high school, asking God to make him less tall because of how lanky he was and like how yeah. awkward he looked and stuff. And like he's like he's a really muscular guy, but it's in the in the same kind of build as Kevin Garnett, but just taller than Kevin Garnett, right? No, Kevin Garnett had like a fucking back that was wide like this, like yeah, his shoulders. So, so Katie, again, if you were to see Katie in person. You'd be shocked by how big this is. Just that, like, when you're seven foot one, you're normally shaped more like Shaq, than, or not, not more like Shaq, but more like a typical NBA center than someone who's just got this grasshopper type build, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so the thing is, there was a book that came out on the the Nets, and there's a guy who was with them for about two years, like during the whole like Kyrie and and uh, and uh, KD signing as well as the uh, sighting of uh, or the, the trade to get James Harden. He was there during that whole thing. He wrote a book about it. And one of the things he talked about was essentially how much weed KD smokes. Like, he was amazed by, like, it's it's like 90s hip-hop star. Era. Like, that that's the amount of smoke that this guy uh, is imbibing all the time. It's just, it's what he likes to do. He likes to hang out with his friends, watch movies, smoke a joint, play video games with his friends. Like, he lives, like, a low-key life. He does He doesn't do like a lot of the partying, a lot of the stars do. But so the reactions after that book, and you know that it's not a lie because KD is the first guy to burn you on Twitter if, if you know, you're saying something that's not exactly true. But which he hasn't a, with it. which account? With you know, one of his accounts, exactly. <laughs> uh, but he, he hasn't done it with his book, and but he's basically, Matt Sullivan was supposed to uh, moderate this and I guess was asked not to after that book came out. Um, Matt Sullivan did make comments uh, on the Dan Levitard show about Kyrie Irving, who famously uh, has not gotten vaccinated yet. And so here's here's this uh, clip. Uh, before I, before we play it, Eagle, uh, just to say that w- what the clip's about is uh, Kyrie has said that because of New York State law, he won't be allowed to play home games or any games in the state of New York. He's suggesting that rather than getting vaccinated, he'll sit out all the games in New York State. And this is Matt Sullivan on the Dan Levitard show on Metal Arc Media uh, descri- talking about that situation. Matt, what do you think the NBA should do? Well, to be clear, Sugats, when I put this to the NBA, to some of their most high-ranking medical officials, there is no deal. New York City law requires players to be vaccinated to play home games at the Barclays Center. The Knicks of all teams are 100% vaccinated. But the league is in a bind. And they told me, these top medical officers told me, you know, if New York City says this isn't cool, we have to abide by the law. And so it's part of a lot of the eye rolling here. But if Kyrie wants to pull a kind of anti-Kaepernick stand for what he sees as his personal freedom and be a, I guess, role model for vaccine deniers, they can't do anything. The, The league is facing this pressure from the union, which is one of America's strongest unions. And they are just 100% out on the league's 100% desire to get these guys vaccinated. The league's 100%. What does Kaepernick have to do with this? 
Um, I, I I don't know. I, I think you were just trying to say like Kaepernick took a stand for one thing, but Kyrie An- well, and took a stand anti- for anti-vaxxers. He's not anti-Kaepernick. No, no, but I I don't think he meant like again. We're only catching a clip. That's the stupidest I, reference I've ever heard. What, about. I, what I understood that was like Kaepernick took a, yeah. a stand against pr- police brutality. He's taking a stand against the vaccine and yeah. like trying to be a you know someone who I've often said that I don't think Kyrie's dumb i think he's a bad messenger in a lot of things yeah. because he he doesn't he a lot of times i feel like he's he's just contrary for the sake of being contrary and doesn't realize that he he holds a lot of power and a lot of influence well he's not the only one there's 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 beal there's wiggins right even lebron came out and said listen i'm not but gonna... a lot of those also aren't flat earthers Right, like well, neither is neither is Kyrie anymore. <laughs> well, okay. Well, once you go flat Earth, do you ever come yeah, back? Yeah, you never go you? back. Yeah, uh, um, but even LeBron's come out, and you know, you know how I feel about LeBron, and he actually said he's like, I'm not going to tell like guilt people into doing anything with their bodies if they don't yeah. want to take the vaccine. So, it's so, on them. There's repercussions, and you do it, you do it. That's it. There, there are there are two things about this. The one is, look, it's a state law. It's not about the NBA, right? The the NBA yeah. has to follow laws. We saw that with attendance, right? Like <clears> sports leagues don't want to have nobody at the games, right? But they did it for a year. the The next thing to consider is that um, the I I'm I am uncomfortable with the idea of the league enforcing what players should put into their bodies, right? Like mm-hmm. as a general person, not vaccine related. I, as a general person, I think you know that should be like a, a personal choice. What I also found interesting is how many um, how many people in the political world were retweeting stuff about Kyrie saying "My body, my choice." And how many of them backed anti-abortion stances throughout their career? And I was like, "Do you do you not see the irony?" Like, Ted Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz Ted, was the first one I saw. Yeah, I saw it too. Ted Cruz. And like, listen, so cringy. I, I get what he's doing, and Ted Cruz is trying. He's he's doing exactly what he says the Democrats do, where he's like, he's pandering to a specific audience, and you know, he's like, "Oh, <laughs> how can I not be pandering?" Right? Yeah, exactly. It's like the definition of it, and it's it's so hypocritical. All of them too. It's like, well, if their body, their choice, they can do whatever they want, but then, but then they justify the abortion thing by murder, which like, you know, that's how so they what see if it. You murder someone by giving them COVID. <laughs> Because that can still happen. But you can still give them COVID even if yes, you're vaccinated. But there's a whole so. bunch of information yeah, about how you're yeah. contagious for less time. You're, con- you're you're less contagious with the vaccine, so on and so forth. And the yeah. fact that vaccination over time kills a virus. It's not a miracle but, cure. It's no, like exactly. It took 15 it's years also, to clear through vaccination. It's also not a cure. Like it's a it's, it's, it's not, a treat. It's a vaccine. It's a it's treatment. A treat, exactly. It's a treatment. Yeah, it's not a cure. It's not. It's even like it's uh it's um. Not genetic mutation. There's a word. It's it, there's a word they use. It's on their website, and uh, on Pfizer's website. It's it's like genetical something. It's like they're just trying to change something in our genetics that that allows us to defend so against. So those exist it. already in your genetics. It's not genetic modification the way it's been said. They're taking things that are within your body and, and heightening their effectiveness. Yeah, actually. I'm vaccinated like, and I don't yeah. mind being vaccinated, but I also I'm not going to judge people that aren't vaccinated. Oh, I, I'm with you. I'm with you 100. Yeah. percent it's just like I said, the you it, it can't go both ways. You can't say that you're you're good with with you know their body, their choice, and then the most obvious example. Yeah. Of that, 
For for Terry's information, the best way I've heard it described is traditional vaccines would just give you a little bit of the mm-hmm. disease, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and your body would kind of like adapt. struggle and adapt how to fight it, and it was just weak enough that your body would always win and then f- therefore know how to do it, versus the new ones actually give the instructions on how to fight it, essentially. So your body oh, would okay. need to go through the learning process. So best way you can simplify like H1N1. it, imagine, imagine taking like a barbecue out of the box and just building it from scratch and trying to like figure it out and oh you know does the burner go here and where do the wheels go that type of shit versus using the instruction manual that comes with it right that's kind of the difference between the traditional ones versus now I'm, I'm looking forward to the medical journal that says covid vaccine just like a barbecue <laughs> just um, like pokemon uh but so yeah so so what are your thoughts very quickly before we move on to the last main topic here um on Kyrie Irving potentially sitting out all home games. Like they'll still I mean, they'll still make his, it to the playoffs. Yeah, that's his choice. I mean, he did it last year anyway, and that wasn't home games, but he sat out like half the season with injuries. So but I mean is it is it your choice? Like so I understand load management if it's an agreement you make with your employer, but there's yeah. no employer in the world that will let you get paid full for working half the amount of time. I think that's a whole other and then what do you do in the playoffs? you yeah. you're paying them to help you win a championship, right? So if he's not there for the home games in the playoffs, that's a big deal. I think he's 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 hoping that like by the time they get to the playoffs, that maybe the restrictions are going to be lifted, which are, which okay. is likely. How how quickly does KD say trade for Ben Simmons or get the vaccine? <laughs> how quickly? Uh, I think that's a good one. They Here's, should trade for Ben Simmons. That's a good a trade. Perfect fit. It would be a yeah. perfect fit. Here's yeah. a hot take. New York gets desperate, come close to the end of the season, and revokes the requirements. No, de Blasio way. would never do it. No. You never know. Nah, he would never do it. Happening. This is, is the York, same guy. New York that, State. It's a, state. State. It's a state, yeah. but I think New York. Yeah. Oh, it's a good point. Who's the, who's the, who's the, who's the, the, I don't know. the senator? The, New York, the governor, sorry. I have no idea. The governor of New York. Um, but anyway, listen. It's, their, it's, it's a new if, girl. It's Katie Hockle, the one who took over from Andrew Cuomo when he got kicked out. Oh, it was Andrew Cuomo. Exactly, Andrew Cuomo, the uh, the Italian. Uh, he taught molester. me. He taught me I wasn't Italian enough because I don't grow up enough people. Yeah, you don't grow up enough people. Yeah. I'm Italian. I kiss people on the mouth, and they don't want to be kissed. I've been trying to kiss Eagle in the mouth. He won't let me. Yeah. So maybe you're closer to Andrew Cuomo than you thought. I guess so. I guess so. The um, the Rays principal owner Stuart Sternberg uh, mentioned putting up a sign to advertise for the team's uh, games that will be held in sister city Montreal. Uh, which is projected for the near future, uh, then decided to pull the sign down. I want to get you guys' thoughts on what you think this all means. I have a theory um, because I've seen it before, and I think I'm I'm just a little bit older enough that I, I remember it. Oh, actually, not even because it happened with another team. But I remember this happening, and I don't know if you guys actually remember this as, visual, as viscerally as, that I, as I do. Eagle, what are your thoughts? I think it's bait. I think he wants something, and this is an easy way of applying leverage. Uh, I th- yeah, that's that's a good call, Eagle. I think that he's he, I think he he's wanted to tickle the fancy of the Montreal of the of, of the Quebec government and Montreal and Montreal the city of Montreal to see if they're gonna be like, hey, yeah, we want it. And so far, nobody's bit yet. So, um, I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm excited. I'm dressed up for the occasion. I'm ready to go yeah. to a game. I'm ready to go to a game right now. I'll buy season tickets today. Oh, we've, we've said it. You and I, Terry, hundred percent. We're in. Hundred percent. I think we should buy. I think we should buy four seats right down first baseline. Yeah. That's it, man. Yeah. Maybe give it away to some of our viewers. Come watch the game with there us. There you go. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. I was thinking. 
the uh, the other thing because uh, you're saying it from a Montreal perspective, I think it has nothing to do with Montreal. I think it has entirely to do with Tampa, and it's because I thought of my arch nemesis when David Sampson was trying to get a stadium built in uh, in Miami. He went down to Dallas, and he put on the biggest cowboy hat in the world and <laughs> sat at a Cowboys game and went to a Stars game and was got his picture taken eating at every steakhouse. Um, and the whole point of it, and Billy Corbin was the best of this, just calling out all of the bullshit, saying, like, you're not moving a team to Dallas. You just got... You know, you just got the right to, to get this team at like a super discount. You, you're not moving Team Dallas. You're just trying to leverage the city to give you money. And what ended up happening? The city gave them money. They felt pressured. Uh, they built a giant stadium that nobody goes to. And that, that's exactly what's happening. I can't believe David Sampson wrote the book on this. And we're seeing it happen again. And more Florida politicians, the same state, will fall for it again. I when we when we get a little bit more details, maybe we should get Samson back on so we can talk about I'm it. I'm sure he'd, he'd love to. He'd love to. Yeah, yeah. When we get a little bit more details, but I, I'd love for it to happen. The city hasn't said anything yet, and everybody's like, I'm in a few expos groups, and it's like one one guy screenshots a Peel Basin, and he's like, I guys, <laughs> it was too funny. He said it in French. He's like, he's he sends the screenshot of the Peel Basin, and he's like, guys, I, I just googled this because I have no idea where it is, but like, where the fuck are you gonna put a stadium? <laughs> To be on top of some condos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, it's it's a good area. It's 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 a booming yeah. area, like that whole Griffintown area too. So I think it'd be cool I'm down also, there. I'm also out on the the idea that the Olympic Stadium wasn't in a good area. Like when you go see a game in Miami, you have to drive for like 48 minutes. To get, but it's Miami. You have to drive anywhere, but, anywhere all but the Terry, time. In, in Montreal, it there was there was cheap parking at the stadium. There was. Yeah. There was there's a metro line that stops exactly there. There's no excuse. There's no you you you're you're 15 minutes from downtown by metro. It's it's not it's, a, it's not it's that it was like stadium. It was, and and Saputo Stadium by the way doesn't have a problem getting people in it, which is in the same location. Want to know why? Saputo, because of parking and by the way it's on the goddamn metro line. No, but you have to understand something that if you don't get enough people to the game and if it wasn't it wasn't easily accessible. You disagree. know what I mean? And hard disagree. It wasn't easily accessible. Hard disagree. Piece. It wasn't. Disagree. It wasn't. You had to drive. You're from the. I'm from the West Island. You're from the East End. You're from there. Yeah, it's the, very the, different. For the you. argument you're making is only people that live in the West Island. No, West Island, Saint Laurent. Like it's just. It's just hard always. In, it was all always inconvenient to get to. And it's, it's and not, anybody. If you live anybody in any west, city, if you live anybody in west any of city, Papineau will tell you the same thing. No, I disagree. If you yeah, live, if you live in any city. And you see how far a lot of these stadiums are from... Dude, I've, Candlestick Park was so far from San Francisco. It was always full. No, so my thing is, is that if you're going to put the, te- the the team there, fine. You chose St. Leonard. St. Leonard is not known it's not, for it's baseball. It's like isn't it? Whatever, same shit. If, it's literally right across the street. It's the same. Like yeah. you pass Sherbrooke and you're in St. Leonard. But I'm just saying, right? that, that point, yeah. That, yeah. at that point, it's... Like it's, not. it's I don't on, mind. Again, I don't mind that it's... Line. I don't mind that it's on the on the metro line is a good thing, but the problem is is that it was a dump. It was a, if you're gonna put yeah, if no, you're gonna I, put a stadium is the there, stadium was trash. A, I agree. Yeah. I agree that the stadium was the problem. The location wasn't that bad. The reason why Saputo Stadium does so well now, and it's because first of all, it's it's you don't need as many people. It's soccer. 
that whole area is a lot more soccer friendly than baseball friendly. Like I think we can both agree on that. And Ish. over overall, and they have games on they have games on the weekends. They don't have games in the afternoons. Like the Expos had games in the afternoons. Who's gonna go from downtown? Like to, let's say they buy tickets for twenty bucks. Okay, mm-hmm. if you if the stadium was downtown and you work downtown, it's like hey, let's go take a two hour lunch break. We'll go watch it. We'll go watch a couple hours of the game, have a couple beers, and come back to work. That's what people do in New York. That's what people do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just for these afternoon games. But you couldn't do that in Montreal because all you had was but this you, place you, you, you that wasn't even close to like a residential you area. You mentioned <laughs> it is close to a residential area. Oh, really? is right there. <laughs> Secondly, no, but it's not. But it's secondly, not. Secondly, like, you, you talked about you talked about New York, dude. It's the Bronx and it's it's Queens. Like, yeah, the surrounded by are not houses. in the city. It's further. Also, it's, it takes longer to get there. It takes longer to go from Manhattan to there than it takes you to go from downtown Montreal to Toshlake. Yeah, in New York, from Manhattan to Queens to Queens to watch it to go to City Field. Yeah, it took me about forty five minutes on the train. A hundred percent. Exactly. I guess fifteen minutes from downtown to Joliet Metro, wherever it is. It's a PNF Metro. It's um, 15 minutes, but but it's not. It's it's just like it, it's that extra. The team wasn't good enough to if begin the team, with. If the team it's was the good, extra. If the team it's the was extra push the you have to, nice. to get there. If the team yeah. was good and we had something similar to to Saputo Stadium, I think, and, and we didn't get absolutely screwed by our own ownership during the strike, I think things would have been different. Is all I'm saying. I disagree, man. I think that it was. I mean, listen, I'm not. It's Look, not obviously It's not, it's not the end all be all. It's not, not the saying, only reason why the team yeah. isn't there anymore. It's definitely not, but it's it's a major factor when you look at it. It's no, like they didn't. They should have. They needed to build. They needed to build Labatt Park. If they had built Labatt Park, the problem is solved. That was and an that's, excuse. I, I'll put my left nut on the line. That that's, that's an excuse case. perpetrated by the evil David Sampson. Uh, first of all, and I agree. I'm not, with and you. I'm not saying downtown's not better. I'm just saying there's a lot of cities where the park is nowhere near the actual city. Yeah, Lots but then you look at you look at Philadelphia and all their pro sports stadiums are together. You look at Pittsburgh, the same thing. They're all next to each other. Uh, but I'm like, not saying it's not better. I'm saying it wasn't the problem. I'm saying it that, was, that was an excuse. I'm because, saying is if we had the Jerry Park, Park, which isn't far, Jerry Park's harder the, to get to. If we had the Bad Park in the Peel Basin, or if we had the Bad Park downtown, Griffintown, wherever they decided to put it, we we be I'd be still be wearing this hat. I never would have been a Mets fan. I think to Pease's point, if you have a better team, it doesn't matter where the park is. A better team and a, and a better a better stadium is important because that stadium exactly bad. exactly. So if your team is shit, if your team isn't good, you can't expect people to come out that far. Uh, that's just the reality of it. But if your team's good, you'll get the attendance <sighs> and hopefully get the money for that new, for stadium. new stadium. Exactly. Even at that, like we had a couple, we had a run, we had a, a run in the in the, the early two thousands, and they were still weren't filling out. They were still selling games at five bucks. Like it wasn't, it wasn't worth it. Like people, the this, the city didn't do enough for the, for the team. That's one. Well, the and principal s- owners didn't do enough. Like we, we that, well, that when true. we when we interviewed David Sampson, that was one of the things that like we said that like, yeah, he's the villain, obviously, but at the same time, we had Montreal royalty that owned this team that refused to put, you know, the smallest investment. And it's going to cost them like 10 times the amount to bring them back versus keeping them here would it cost them. Yeah. You know, anyway, that's a nice, fun, passionate local argument. We always say we're not a, we're not a show about Montreal, but we are a Montreal show. So we're going we're gonna to dig into Montreal topics now and again for sure. Uh, but let's, uh, let's get into rapid fire. We got no guests today. Uh, we will have some in the coming weeks, of course. 
Uh, but let's do it. Right into rapid fire. All right, rapid fire. I cut the first one because we're a little bit low on time, and we can do it any other week. So we're gonna go directly to our second. But it topic was part here. of the directive that Terry gave me specifically. That's fine. It's okay. We'll it's okay. We'll use the expos, and you go no, before yourself. Yeah. We had local stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. El Presidente Spitfire Hall of Fame pitcher Pedro Martinez had the following to say about MLB umpires while on a live stream himself. Well, the umpires don't know shit about what they're doing. <laughs> Pedro. 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 I think we're on a delay. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We'll clean that up for the rear. Um, that was fun. He's never been called for a balk in his career, okay. Luke Weaver. Well, the umpires don't know shit about what they're doing. <laughs> Pedro. I love it. So, again... This is the kind of things I like in broadcasting. It kind of makes it feel like you're just chilling, watching the game with your friends. And of course, you know, the network had to then apologize and so on. And I so actually, on. I actually watched a full a full Mets game. Uh, I forgot who it uh, was. A Mets. I want to say that I want to say the Braves. It was Mets and the Braves. And I watched the full MLB network um, uh, broadcast. It was uh, Pedro Martinez, David Ortiz. Mm, yeah, and, uh, it was on. Uh, it was, was on good. the zone. It was on uh, Baseball Night America. Yeah, all, yeah, it exactly. Was good. It was good. Uh, I love Pedro. Also, like, soft spot oh, because greatest Expos pitcher of all time, greatest pitcher of all time, Pedro Martinez. All right. Raisin Kane, the NHL inquiry into the NHL forward uh, of Ender Kane and whether or not he bet on a- NHL games has concluded in that there is no proof that he did bet on his own games, but has sparked two new investigations, the first of which regarding treatment of his ex-wife or estranged wife, because I don't think they're still technically married. Uh, and secondly, whether or not he breached COVID protocols, probably as a result of going to Vegas to gamble while still on an NHL team and playing. This is what, what do you expect from the dummy? <laughs> so it feels like um, these, I see sometimes there's things that play out in like real time. And then we, we find out years later how terrible things actually were. Like, I, I kind of feel like when we hear the full Kanye story, we'll all be very depressed, like, after he passes. And Evander Kane, like, I th- it, it, it just coming across as maybe this dude's not a good person. He's and not. He's not. I can tell you from the beginning. I don't care if he didn't cheat in, on it, in, in gambling. He's not a good human. The way he's treated people, the the things he said online, the way the, his entire uh, perception from the beginning, you know, he's just not a good human at all. And I, it, it's just the truth. It, it does it's seem the truth. that way. It, it's it's a shame to see um, someone who to, who's that talented who just can't seem to measure everything else. And it's it's really frustrating. I I, I honestly hope that at some point this gets, um, this gets. You know, fixed. I hope that if he's done anything criminal, that he pays the price. And if he's done things that are inappropriate, I hope he he takes the steps to get better because uh, this is just getting worse and worse. Jameis Reacher. Uh, this is actually like the second week in a row, I think, that we have Jameis Winston in rapid fire. He once I'm again so has been he's caught. Back, he's been caught on film doing something else stupid. We all remember the E to W. Wait. What do you mean? That was the greatest moment in television. It history. was the greatest moment. <laughs> Here's the next greatest moment during the pregame speech this past Sunday. I got man, look at the man beside. Look at him. He counting on you. <laughs> he was looking at him, and Alvin Kamara was counting on Jameis Winston. Uh, not be linebacker blind. 
<laughs> the thing is, is that he's just so such a cheesy person, you know. Like yeah. he's so in the moment that he's just so cheesy. He's so like he's a f- ultimate football guy. Your ultimate so, football guy. He seems like that goofball in your group of friends who's not actually funny, but he's just gonna make you smile and make you laugh every time because he's just a pile of dad jokes. Oh, right? like he's, he's Terry. He, <laughs> Whoa, I think I'm pretty funny. <laughs> that was mean. I that think was, that pretty- was a bridge too far. <laughs> Yeah, man, he's your shots at director. All right, Alex. fine, fine. He's Alex the intern. <laughs> there we go. Appreciate it. More on, more on, on point, on, on pace. Speaking of morons, another stain. Uh, there's <laughs> a report regarding Andre Deniskin's uh, suspension has been made available. He was given a 13-game suspension and a fine for this lovely act, where he basically calls uh, Jalen Schmernick a monkey. So. This is in Ukraine. I mean, Alex told us too. He's like, I'm not surprised. Alex is born in Russia, so like he's, you know, he's kind of knows the stuff. But the, Anthony Duclair actually came out as like this guy should be back for like, like 13 games. 13 games is isn't enough. I don't think that he should be banned for life. I'll, I'll I'll say that. I think that what he did is completely disgusting, and it's he should be kicked out for the rest of the season. You know, maybe two. I think that people make mistakes. I think that people can rectify their mistakes. Second chances. I don't know if this is the first time he's done it or whatever. Um, if he said racial slurs on the ice before and they're just talking about it now. But, I, you know, they suspended him. They did something. That's the, You can start from there. I don't think it was enough, but I don't think he should be banned for life. So suspensions are agreed upon by the league and players' unions. And so it's it's he had the maximum penalty. Is yeah. the maximum penalty too light? Yes. Yeah. Um, should further action be taken? Yeah. yeah. Um, like to me, showing your contrite is an important part of this and, and involving yourself in the education of others to help others recognize that this isn't appropriate. The best example of this, uh, we played a clip from um, the Levitard show earlier. Uh, one of the ways I first heard of the Dan Levitard show was when Tim Hardaway went on, talk, the Tim Hardaway Sr. went on talking about how um, he was disgusted by gay people. And Tim Hardaway has since gone to become an advocate for gay people. He's invested a lot of his own money and causes uh, for gay people. He speaks at events talking about, hey, this is what I learned um, you know, through my bigotry, through my hatred. This is what I learned, and, and this is why we need to treat these people properly. Uh, so to me, I'd like to see that. I see, I'd like to see sports leagues in, like, start to do this in their, their, um, their, their agreements. Like, this is Absolutely. I don't want to take money out of people's uh, you know, hard-earned paycheck. At the same time, when you make a mistake, the way you pay for it is actually making it better. So like exactly. Logan Mayu. Yeah, let's see what Logan Mayu does with his time here. Exactly. And our last topic for today, gone in 60 seconds. After first being mistaken for a homeless man, our resident famous actor that we all come to love, Nicolas Cage, was then asked to leave Laurie's The Prime Rib in Las Vegas, and it's caught on film. Because he's not wearing shoes? So Nicolas Cage here is a little bit up. He had a bit too much to drink. He looks skinny, man. He's about to get kicked out of Larry's in Las Vegas. This shows you. What a life, huh? What a life. Money does too many things to you. And then when you have it for so long and then you don't have it anymore, it fucks you up even more. And like Nicolas Cage still has money because he makes eight films a year. And like he's literally 
had a career. His but isn't career that, has just been. Isn't that just paying off things? Yeah, he's he's he, he has so many debts. Um, so <laughs> I'm always kind of delighted, although I'm always kind of sad to see the state of him because his movies bring me so much joy. Both when they're amazing, like like I don't like them when they're neither when they're just fine because some of his movies are incredible some of his movies are terrible and those are all of his best movies um but i will say maybe you should take the advice of one of his most famous roles and just leave las vegas it's time just there you go how's it going uh matchstick man <laughs> and face and face just off. lord of war <laughs> just weatherman yourself just just become a vampire yeah just but you know the people who thought who thought he was a homeless person wearing those those fly leopard prints? This is what Eli Manning had to say to you. Oh, I don't have it handy oh, yet. No! You can't set no! me up like that. That's the show. Thank You're you, Eagle. Thank you, Terry. Uh, thank you for everyone who has liked and subscribed. If not, please do so. And remember, thank you for letting me be myself. You've been listening to Hot Sauce Sports.